two. One. Barbecue. Three, two, one. Barbecue. Three, two, one. Barbecue. Three, two, one. Welcome to episode nine of Barbecue 321 Pitmaster Interviews. Today we are talking with Joe Pierce of Slaps Barbecue in Kansas City. We talk about his start barbecuing in his backyard to competing in the Memphis and May World Championship Barbecue Competition earlier this year. Joe spills some of his secrets to sourcing and smoking the perfect meats, as well as how he's managed to run a successful barbecue restaurant with his brother. He's a treasure trove of barbecue wisdom. So sit back and listen up. You're in for a real treat. Episode 9, here we go. 3, 2, 1. Barbecue. 3, 2, 1. All right. We're here with Joe Pierce of Slaps Barbecue. Thank you so much for being here. You've been all over the place. We filmed with you at Memphis of May, which is coming up an episode of Barbecue USA Season 2. What is going on with you? What is going on in the life of Slaps Barbecue? Uh, not a lot. No, a lot <laughs> is probably the right answer. No, we we put all our eggs into that Memphis and May basket. And so having never cooked it before and not really knowing what to expect, it was a fun experience. And so I've cooked less competition barbecue this year than I have in the past, specifically for the reason of cooking Memphis and May. So we went down there and had a blast. By this time in the summer, I've usually cooked 20 contests. I think I've cooked seven. And out of those seven KCBS comps, we've one one we've RGC'd one we've had three or four seven hundreds like we're cooking really good right now but we're just not not in that rhythm of cooking 30 or 40 contests a year but it's been really nice it was really fun to go down and do Memphis something completely different than what we normally do here in the Midwest and it's been a fun summer so far and we're starting to get back in we got a couple big contests coming up soon so we'll start cooking a little more and, and getting our feet wet again and seeing how we do yeah, right, let's back up. Let's back it up. So okay. we shot Barbecue USA season one with you and at the Q Latha Barbecue Championship. Yep, uh, yep. That was back in season one. A great episode. If you haven't seen it, Joe's birthday and he pulled out a GC That's on right. your I birthday. It, was I the only contestant to have ever won a contest? I think, so. I think so. That's right. Still got that going for so, me. <laughs> You guys thought I was a has-been. Who would have thought? I still got it. Now, we've had some other GCs, but not that one was very special. And this season coming up, you're right. No one that of our main following teams has GC'd like you did. That was a great episode. So that was a lot of fun. And then we did the full season. We got picked up for another season. And somewhere in there, how did you and Michael decide to team up, come back in season two for a Memphis and May barbecue showdown? Yeah. So we were texting that whole season. He was asking me about different competitors just to get a little insight on who they were. If they were any good, should I eat their food? Should I not eat their food? For the most part, I told him to eat everybody's food. And But we were texting during the awards of Memphis and May in 2022. And and we were just, he was like, hey, Brad Final, get based Blue Dog Final. Like they're going to, they have a chance to win it. And then when they won it, they were like, Oh my, we were both texting like they freaking won it. That's awesome. Our friends of ours winning, winning a whole hog. It's a big deal. It's the first time anybody's ever done that cooking on hogs that they raised on smokers that they made. It was a cool thing. And somehow we were both so jacked up, like excited that we were like, Hey, I said, here's a crazy idea. How about we team up and, uh, and go down there and just destroy everybody. And we've teamed up. <laughs> So, the team up part happened. <laughs> the team up part happened. And but we did. 
we went from there and said, hey, obviously having an Iron Chef in your camp, it's probably not a bad thing. And I bring a lot of barbecue experience to the competition barbecue experience to the table. And and uh, man, it was a match made in heaven. And Michael and I, we've been friends since we did Burgers, Brew & Q back in the day, but with you guys filming at Slaps. And so we've just stayed in touch over the years and kept the friendship rolling. And it felt like a really good fit. And even when we were down there filming episode, it was everybody jailed really well. There wasn't too many chiefs in the kitchen, which can get hectic sometimes. Everybody knew their role, and we all had a, enough restaurant experience and chef experience in our background that we just fell into the sink, and it, it did. It felt like a kitchen in that tent down at Memphis May. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Talk to me about the lead-up going to Memphis May, because you really did spearhead a lot of that, and you've never been to Memphis May before. The first time I experienced Memphis May was this year. Like We yeah. went down there. And I was glad it was back down into the riverfront park there. I think it's Tom Lee Park is what they call yep. it. So it, I was glad that I got the experience where it originally always was. And the lead up to it was, I wouldn't call it stressful, but it was more work than I've ever done for any type of barbecue contest ever. And logistically, we knew we were going to go down there and cook hog. I picked everybody's brain about what they do, these hog cooks do. And they said from the beginning, you want to have, a presentation hog, you want to have an on-site hog, and then you want to have a finals hog. So we decided very early that we were going to go and cook three hogs. And it was a process for me just sourcing the hogs, getting the equipment down there, getting the cooking apparatus down there, like what yeah. were we going to cook on? And so it was, it was from really, I would say from February to end of April, like it was every day I was doing something to get ready for Memphis in May, whether it was a conversation with somebody or a phone call or making sure I had trailers lined up and transportation lined up, getting all the team members in line about what the plan was going to be. And then we went down and flew down to Memphis just for the cooks meeting, which was probably a little unnecessary, but a lot necessary for me who had never cooked it before. And so yeah. it was an eye opener of, okay, this is a bigger thing than just the normal KCBS barbecue contest. We had load-in times, we had specific ways to get in and out of the park. And when you're bringing 45 foot worth of equipment down and three smokers and then two trailers and 600 and 700 pounds of hogs, you got to logistically get, I felt like a trucking company for a little while. Like I was just <laughs> sending out, sending out logistical plans. To, okay. Here's what we're doing. Everybody on the road, check your hours. It's not getting over to OT here. It was more than we've ever done, but it was a blast to curate almost was what I call what I did down there. And it all came together really well. I think, man, the on-site stuff that we filmed and we got to do with the judges in there, I think is probably going to be some of the coolest on TV stuff that we've seen. It was a lot of fun. And from the decorations to the site to Michael and I talking, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I didn't think it was going to be as much fun as it was. Like I knew I was going to be, Michael and I were going to be pretty good at it. But man, I absolutely loved that aspect of the whole contest. And it gets me jazzed up just thinking about it. Now, comparing that to American Royal, what's the differences between them? Because those are two, like those are like the Super Bowls of barbecue. Absolutely. For us, the nice thing about American Royal is it's it's 30 minutes from my house. <laughs> so you forgot something, you can always go back. No, number one, it's not an eight hour drive with with 650 pounds of hog in, in a trailer covered with ice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's number one. But you're really, there, there's not that on-site presentation aspect to the American Royal. It's all blind box. So we're in our trailer, we're putting together a perfect nine by nine container of meat and sending it into judges and they get to do 
judge it accordingly. And so I think that on-site aspect to what Memphis and May does, where the judges come and physically sit in your site, like everything has to look right. Everything has to be right. You take into account which way the wind's blowing, what, how much light's coming in and what the table decorations look like. If they're going to be hot, if we're going to be hot. Is it smelly? <laughs> we're in Memphis, May, you're down on a river and the wind blows the wrong way. You can, yeah. It's, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Like it's not just me, but it's, it's all that stuff that takes into place at Memphis May that you don't necessarily have to worry about. I would tell you that I think the American Royal is a harder contest to win because of the amount of teams, right? So the American Royal Open, you have 50, 600 teams competing to try to win there. And so getting lucky and hit, hitting four good tables and scoring is very hard to do. And so I think Honestly, I think Memphis and May is a very winnable contest if you have the experience of what to do. And I think this year we gained that experience. So if we decide to go back and do it again, I will make a couple tweaks here and there. And I think we'll have much better results of kind of where it came out to be. So do you think you'd want to go back after putting three months of your life into it? I would like to go back. Yeah. yeah. That's a, the simple answer is, yeah, I would love to go back and cook. And I think I'd like to go back and do all the categories at some point. Cook yeah. it enough times, like maybe go back next year and do hog again. But then the year after that, maybe do shoulder. The year after that, do ribs. and Get the experience of all the categories at Memphis and May, I think would be a lot of fun. Yeah, because so. that's American Royal is definitely the biggest that I've that we've seen. And I think the biggest yeah. there is. But Memphis and May has that kind of sprawl that you don't yeah. get royal like it's just yeah. you're walking through whole hog and then you're like oh that's a pretty cool contest and then it's wait a minute now we're in pork shoulder wait a minute now we're in ribs and it just keeps going and there's like many villages or towns yeah, yeah. <laughs> barbecue yeah. Yeah. the san antonio livestock show and houston rodeo and stuff like that you feel that same way to memphis and may they have these big giant tents with productions and double decker stories and big parties and memphis away feels like that a little bit and and so it was a cool experience down there for sure man and everybody's neighborly like we're all competing but if you need help with something you need like i asked every single person that i talked to down there what should i do and they all told me something different which was yeah. fun uh so no help at all to yeah, any of thanks you guys. A lot. <laughs> thanks uh, one guy told me he was like how big's your hog and i said oh like 230 and he was like man you better start cooking those you're going to have to cook those for 36 hours. And I was like, I don't even think there's that much time in the whole contest to cook that long 36 hours. And and we ended up cooking, I think ours cooked in, in order between 18 and 20. Yeah. So you know, we were feeding fires for a good chunk of a night. So tell me a little bit more about, I know you guys started out in competition before mm -hmm. even the restaurant and everything. What have you seen like changing in the whole barbecue competition world since you got into it? When did you get into it? When you're from Kansas City, okay, you were born in the barbecue. But no, we always knew of competition barbecue growing up. It was always something that we would hear in the American Royal or we grew up in, in kind of the northern part of Kansas City. So there was a contest in North Kansas City that always was around St. Patrick's Day and they called it the Snake Saturday Parade for St. Patty's Day. And they always had a barbecue contest there. So I remember as a kid going down and racing go-karts in the same section that the barbecue contest was going on. You know what I mean? There was a little go-kart track. So as a 10-year-old, I was like, what do these guys do? But, uh, but we got into competition barbecue. Ironically, my brother and I were both cooking barbecue without each other knowing we were cooking barbecue. It was just brotherly intuition. And uh, he was he bought a smoker and was like cooking some pork butts. And I had a smoker and I was cooking a brisket. And I was working at a church at the time. And so I had 
I was there when I was needed, right? Like we were doing anything tech wise and lights, media and stuff like that. And so if there wasn't anything going on, I didn't need to be there at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. And so I was cooking a brisket and we were on the phone and I said, Hey, let me call you right back. I got to wrap this brisket. And he was like, what do you mean wrap a brisket? And I was like, I'm cooking a brisket. And he was like, I'm cooking pork butts. And I said, what? <laughs> like, how do, how are we both cooking barbecue at the exact same time on a Tuesday of all places? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? And, uh, did what I needed to do. I called him back and we were both just got randomly into like smoking meats and I got into barbecue and we started talking about smokers and then we bought a smoker together and we both kind of shared it. We swapped stuff and we started cooking for family events and we catered a little bit for people who thought our food was good, which probably wasn't back then. And it's gotten much better now, Yeah. but, uh, but we decided we were like, Hey, let's cook the North Kansas city barbecue contest that we grew up knowing about and not being too far from. And as we went to Dairy Queen, we got some ice cream and we laid out a plan of how to cook this barbecue contest. And anyway, we sat there and kind of laid out what we were going to do. And we went and cooked the barbecue contest and we showed up with a 15 foot box truck, a 16 foot box truck of a red conversion van and two or three trucks full from floor to ceiling of stuff. And like most people bring like folding chairs. Like we brought like actual wrought iron lawn furniture. <laughs> like we built a fire pick out of, out of cinder blocks in the middle of this parking lot. Like we were there, we got there on Wednesday night and we didn't leave till Sunday afternoon. Like it was brutal for a two day contest. Right. Now I try to, now I try to show up at three o'clock on a Friday and leave by one thirty-five on a Saturday. It's uh, completely different, but we started, we were hooked, man. We, we didn't do very good there. I think we finished middle of the pack, but we knew that we could have been better. Um, I think pork was our best category. And two weekends later, there was another contest in Lansing, Kansas. And we went there and we got a call in chicken. We won ribs, we won pork, and we were like fourth in brisket. And we finished like second or third overall. And we were like, okay, we know what we were going to do with the rest of our life. This is it. And, and from there, it was just, man, competitions came fast and we had some success through them and got some publicity from some TV shows. And it's been history ever since. And then when in that, how many did you have on your belt before you said, hey, let's open a restaurant? Oh, not yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even remotely the amount that we needed to have. And we had cooked like two seasons. So we had maybe like 20 or 22 contests under our belt, but we were on a TV show that was getting a lot of publicity. And so we decided, hey, maybe we should, maybe we should try something different here. And so we aired that, that finale aired and we opened the restaurant at the same time. And so we used being in a million homes on a giant network to our advantage and got a lot of publicity there. And then when we opened, we sold out every day for about four years. Wow. Just, yeah. We were slinging as much barbecue as we could every day. And we created this demand that we didn't even know. And, and it was like, it's everybody's secret spot 10 years ago. And yeah. it was like, oh, you got to try this sandwich. It's so good. Or you got to try the ribs or the burn-ins and, and you might not get something you wanted. And you, we have, we have uh, picnic tables up everywhere. So everybody has to sit with each other. And so you made this communal family style dining and, and we didn't know the cult we created, but we created this cult in Kansas city of, uh, I say cultish, like yeah. nobody's drinking 
any Kool-Aid. special Kool-Aid here. <laughs> but we created this demand of people not being able to get our food when they wanted it. You know what I mean? And that just led to this frenzy of, oh, you got I got to try it. I got to try it. I got to try it. And next thing we're here, it's been nine and a half years and we're going pretty strong and I'm doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Oh, you guys are, like I said, when we came, so that was Barbecue Pitmasters that you were talking about, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. You guys were on Barbecue Pitmaster, yeah. opened the restaurant. Yeah. And then we came to film with you guys for Burgers Brew and Q. Yep. With which yep. was Michael's series there for a while. Yeah. That was shortly after you opened. I don't think it was that far after you opened. Because you were no, still. No, that the... was. I think it was like 2016, maybe 27. Yeah. 2016 sounds right. Yeah. Because I don't think we had our patio, which no, is like yeah. So that would have been 2016. And yeah, we were still, we had no idea what we were doing back then. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had no clue. And no, that was fun. That was like our first, uh, first influ- introduction to Michael and, yeah. and you guys. And you now it's been six, seven years and we're still hanging out. Still hanging out and still, uh, yeah. yeah, doing barbecue. That's right. But, no, so you took that you're, and then you kept doing the competitions, right? You kept going and yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got a pretty, so we, pretty great record going too. Like, you're a pretty winning uh, guy. I, I don't know if he's Myron Mixon winningest man, but not there yet. Not yeah. there yet. But uh, no. So yeah, we decided we wanted to be one of the few restaurants that stayed relevant in competition barbecue because so many guys in a perfect world, Nick, I would have had crazy wins on the barbecue circuit and been just this really awesome competition barbecue cook and then eventually opened a restaurant. But we did it backwards. We were like, okay, in competition barbecue and then opened a restaurant. And uh, to me, it felt a little bit like a sellout kind of a thing. Like we weren't quite as good as we thought we were going to be yet, but we had this opportunity. So we were going to do it anyway. But my brother and I are obsessive compulsive. I, I say all the time, like barbecue for us started as a dream, then it turned into an obsession, then it turned into a reality, and now it's turned back into a dream again. And so it's like this full circle of, oh man, this is this is pretty cool. And so, but we decided we wanted to stay relevant in competition barbecue. Those first couple of years were probably the tough, toughest with the restaurant having to be there from 2.30 in the morning to, to three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And then on top of that, getting ready for a barbecue contest for Friday and Saturday was tough. As we got bigger and hired more people, it started getting a little easier, but we were, we had some success. We were one of those teams that could win three to four contests every year if we cooked 15 or 20. And so I decided in 20, 2018, maybe 2017, I'm going to, I'm going to push pretty hard and see what happens. And so we started cooking 30, 35, 40 contests a year and went in six, seven times and getting in that top echelon of KCBS cooks and being very consistent and had some success with team of the year where we finished top 10. And so the last three years in the KCBS team of the year standings, we finished second overall. We've lost to our good friend getting basted, Brad Leiniger. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it, but I think what that shows is it is very hard to be consistent in competition competition barbecue and we have probably been one of the most consistent teams over the last seven to eight years just being able to go to anywhere in the country and get top 10 calls or even wins having a very high average score i think the last three or four years in kcbs your top score you could ever get is 720 points right that'd be four perfect scores at each category and our anything from 700 up is very good and there you have a chance of winning the contest and i think our scoring average over the last three or four years has been like 696 or 697. So we've been really close to having a whole scoring average for the entire year, close to 700. 
which is, I think, is super, uh, not to toot my own horn, but just impressive in the, in the barbecue world. You guys that throw up a 700 here and there, but for us to go out every week and have a chance of cooking a 700 out of like 30 or 40% of the contests we cook is, is a lot yeah. of fun. No, it's, it's crazy yeah. impressive. It's crazy impressive. And it's just a little bit that I've been in the barbecue world and seeing there's only a handful of guys that are competing at that level. And sure. like you said, we see great teams, great teams all the yeah, time. Yeah. And they'll win one week, not win the other. But but to see the consistency is crazy. What do you contribute that to? Is it just getting a feel for what the judges want? Is it just sticking to your guns with the way you do stuff? Like, where does that come from? Number one, it starts with products, right? And having consistent products the same week in, week out. When I teach a class, I tell everybody, I said, it doesn't matter what you're cooking with. If you want to cook with frozen chicken thighs from the dollar store, do that, but do that the entire year. You don't do it one week and then go buy some really expensive chicken in the next week and then go back and forth. You're never going to get consistent with anything. And so I tell people all the time, I like, it doesn't matter if you want to cook with new briskets or choice briskets or prime briskets, just do it for the entire season. You know what I mean? Figure out how to score with what you're cooking with. So I think that's a big part of consistency. And not everybody thinks that way, I found out. Not everybody yeah. has that attention to detail that, that I've, I've been blessed with my entire life of being able to find those minutiae of things that work really well for us and, and keeping to recreate them. And so there's the, I think of stretch. I don't know if you guys know stretch with grinders or not, but that guy is the most free willing, like he will change from week to week to week to week. And he's an artist and he's a creator. And so it's that, that switch in his brain cannot say, Oh, I have to do this the same way every time. It's, oh, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, he's the guy, I don't know, down in, in Memphis and May, he painted his hog gold. Yeah. Remember that guy? I, I didn't see him. No. You didn't see him? I no. thought you guys, I thought you guys oh, showed man. it on last year's episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he painted his hawk with gold, gold edible paint. And uh, it looked great. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's like that type of mindset, I think, hurts you in competition barbecue. Yeah. And I think you nailed something here because a big part with Michael and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but a big part when we're going out to these competitions is he gets a little frustrated that everything's the same. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that comes from more of the restaurant background where you're constantly trying to put out something <laughs> right. new and different. And I agree, like some, even as doing the show, one of the big things with our show is trying to keep it a little bit different every time when you really are doing the same thing I know. week in, week out. I would love competition barbecue to be able to just shoot to the moon with content but there's 35 guys in a parking lot doing the exact same thing yeah. you know what i mean some doing it better than others but yeah but so now you come from the restaurant you have the restaurant now and you do the competitions are you using the same meats in the restaurant as you use the competition a lot of people listening to this probably know this but sure the differences between the restaurant and the competition stuff yeah i think the the different the big difference is i can't cook 30 day aged Wagyu brisket that was injected and started at 21 pounds and injected with phosphates and sat for the right amount of time and, and cooked and wrapped with a specific brisket. We can't do that. We cook 70 to 80 briskets a day. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to, to recreate that process on a daily basis. I, there's some guys doing it that are doing a really good job. It just doesn't work for our model. But I would say the closest thing we have to the contest world are burn-ins. 
get cooked and then recooked and wrapped and they're absolutely phenomenal. And then our pork ribs, our spare ribs are as close to competition ribs as you're going to get in a restaurant setting. So we wrap every single rib with honey and brown sugar, which is pretty standard in competition barbecue. And they don't get a ton of color on the top of them, but what they lack in color, they make up for just immense flavor, just super juicy, sweet pork flavored ribs and we can always add some sauce to them afterwards but we don't sauce anything everything just comes out and if you think it needs sauce you're more than welcome to put on it but our meat stands out pretty well on its own but i would say those are the big differences just not being able to recreate the amount of detail that's needed in competition barbecue when you're cooking on a saturday we'll cook close to 400 or 500 slabs of ribs yeah really hard to do well in a small kitchen but and you yeah, do they're pretty close they're pretty close and you do it well thanks um Appreciate but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do it. I remember yeah. tasting your ribs at the Culeta, the competition ribs. They were amazing yeah. ribs. And I forget what you rated I'm, on that day, but it was... I was fourth, and I was judged <laughs> three spots. Below. I probably should have been first with those ribs. One of those secrets in competition barbecue is everybody's cooking the same product, right? We're all cooking Prairie Fresh ribs or Smithfield ribs, or we're all cooking the same style of rib. And you just got to gotta set yours apart a little bit. And so I think if anything in the barbecue world that contestants miss is just that salt flavor because it's just an umami of flavor in your mouth right it's just like an explosion of flavor and i think we've gone way too sweet in the competition world for too long and so one of the reasons why i think we've been scoring well in ribs over the last three years is we tend to go a little more savory at the end when we're on the cutting board and so that's a little little tidbit it's a little tidbit a little tidbit yeah just a little more savory savory doesn't hurt pork's supposed to be salty it's great Actually, in these interviews, I've been asking people their top tips in different meats. So that's your okay. that's your rib top tip is make it a little savory. Yeah, add some salt, man. It's not going to hurt at all. You're a chicken man. You've done pretty well with chicken. What's your chicken top tip? Don't be afraid to cook it. Like chicken, especially in the barbecue world, we're cooking chicken legs or chicken thighs. I know chicken says it's supposed to be done at 165 degrees. And for us in the competition world, we're taking that chicken upwards of 195, 205 degrees. And so if you're just getting into competition barbecue, don't be afraid to cook that chicken to a higher internal temperature. And you'll be quite surprised about how it turns out. Those chicken yeah. thighs are resilient. The chicken wings are resilient. And uh, you can really hit those pretty hard with some heat. Have you journeyed out of KCBS and done any of the CBA stuff, like the half chicken? So I haven't done it with CBA, but I have done some IBCA contests. Mm-hmm. And we've gone down and cooked world foods and we've done a couple of IBCA contests where we've done half chickens and that's a complete don't ask me I don't know but uh, I cooked the half chicken I thought it was pretty good <laughs> like it was a good eater but that's a whole nother thing about how those like a half chicken is judged in CBA and IBCA they're cutting with a knife from the breast and it's got to be moist and juicy and somebody's going to pull a leg off you know what I mean and it's got to fall apart or at least come apart without any resistance and like how those guys do that week in and week out is tough i'm sure i can figure out i'm just not put the time in yet so yeah it's a lot of yeah a whole other thing what about yeah. top tip pork shoulder top tip for pork shoulders you don't need to cook a 13 or 14 pound pork shoulder you know what i mean you're never going to get that sucker done it's okay to trim some off of it i'm actually getting ready to put a video out on our social media meat competition trimming a pork butt and it's taking this beautiful 12 ounce or 12 pound pork butt and i trim it down to maybe three pounds it's oh so much God. waste we have an outlet for it at the restaurant so i have somewhere to put it but yeah. for normal competition stuff it's 
it's just, it's a little unnecessary, but, but yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to cook something a little smaller. I think all those guys go to a grocery store and they're looking for the biggest pork butt they can find because they got to feed a bunch of people and then they struggle getting it done. You know yeah. what I mean? So if, if I, I'd rather cook two smaller ones than one giant one, uh, yeah. I know I'm going to get both of them done in, in the right amount of time period. And honestly, you're just going to add more flavor into a smaller pork butt than you want a bigger one anyway. So more bark, more rub. It's going like to that. Top tip brisket. The, I'm going to quote a man who told me the best brisket tip I've ever had in my entire life. And, and that was Darren Worth with Iowa Smoky D's. He was uh, maybe going to go down as one of the greatest barbecue cooks of all time. He had, he's won every major there is. I mean, he's done a, he's done a great job in, in, in the competition world. But he told me a long time ago, he said, cook a brisket till you think it's done and then cook it 30 minutes longer. <laughs> if you do that, you usually get your tenderness a little better. Again, it's that same line of pork. Like you don't have to cook a huge brisket. You don't have to cook a huge pork butt, but you, what you really want to nail in competition barbecue and just in barbecue in general is doneness, right? You want to get your tenderness to the right level so that when you bite into it, it's not mushy, right? And yeah. it's not tight and it has some flavor, it has some moisture. And so if you work on more than anything else, this tenderness in the competition game, you'll be all right. Uh, last kind of question I ask people is if you had to do it all over again and start a barbecue competition, what's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself? For me, if I had to do it all over again, I would be less worried about what everybody else was doing and more focused on making sure that I was turning in great food week in and week out. Because the first, I think the first year of cooking contests, like we switched smokers three or four times. We finally settled in on an offset, but it took cooking on an ABS cube, cooking on wherever Smoky Mountains, cooking on a gateway drum, cooking on, you know, anything and everything that we're doing. We had a gravity fed smoker there for a little while. And that's just not conducive to being able to recreate a, a good product week in and week out. And so I think once we settled on a big offset cooker, our food started getting really consistent, really good and being able to tweak here and there. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. All right. So what's happening right now? Where can we find you? Slaps barbecue, slapsbarbecue.com. Yeah. Where else? You got it. Slapsbarbecuekc.com. So throw the KC in there. Man, we have a pretty good social media following on Facebook and Instagram. We're jumping in the old TikTok. You're going to see some videos up there on the TikTok from Slaps Barbecue pretty soon. But at Slaps Barbecue across the board on all that stuff. And if you're in Kansas City, we're, we're close to downtown. We're close to everything. It's a 20-minute drive from everywhere in the city. And uh, come on down get some food, man. Get some food. Get, get some very good food. And I, Absolutely. we're looking forward to seeing you August 28th right now is the Memphis and May episode on Barbecue USA season two. So we'll get to hang out with you on that episode. Looking forward to it. And Absolutely. thanks for doing this, man. Good luck with everything. I appreciate it, Nick. It's always a pleasure to be around you, man. Appreciate everything you've done. Barbecue. Three, two, one. Barbecue. Three, two, one. Thank you for listening to Barbecue 321 Pitmaster Interviews. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, subscribe to the podcast or check out BBQ321.com. Also be sure to check out Barbecue USA airing Mondays at 10 p.m. on Food Network and streamable on Max.